0: through a strengthening pet mask to strengthen the muscles around the lungs and then exercise, physio. Mm-hmm. And physio for us in the morning is we've got an indoor trampoline in the kitchen which takes a corner of the kitchen and, you know, someone will go from doing two minutes on his on pet resistance mask to two minutes of jumping and bouncing up and down.
1: Welcome to Social Fabric. In this program, we'll bring you conversations with people discussing their passion and the interaction with their community. We explore how different jobs, careers, or achievements can inspire us to make small changes to improve our lives within our own community. You can find more episodes on socialfabric.ie or wherever you get your podcast. The program is also broadcast weekly on Dublin's Near FM 90.3. I'm your host, Andrea Splendori, and this week my guest is Keith McCabe. When Keith's second child was born and diagnosed with cystic fibrosis, Keith and Sheena, his wife, had to learn about a new normal. Keith is now on the board of Cystic Fibrosis Ireland and spoke to me candidly about his family routine, the way they have adapted their lifestyle around it and the importance of family unit, community and organisations such as CF Ireland. we get started. Keep my cape. There we go. Now, this is your life. So this is And that's where we start. Actually, We started, this is your life. Tell yeah. me a bit about you, because I know you, but I don't really know you. So tell me a little bit about you growing up and all that, a bit of family history.
0: Yeah, well, I grew up actually in Greystones. Yeah. So, born into Greystones, born into Apple Heights, uh-huh. up the road. Mum. Was actually originally from Grace So the big house on the way into Grace just before Tesco High Grounds, is her family home. Mm-hmm. That's where she grew up. She was one of eight. Met dad and UCD, dad from Cavan. And they bought their first place here in Applewood Heights. So I was born in there and one of three. Middle child syndrome. And <laughs> um, to get reminded of that from time to time. But now Sarah and Dave, my um, brother and sister and, and I grew up here. So I went to school locally up in Saint Lawrence's for the first couple of years. Actually part of that I went to play school up with my wife, which was in there part oh, of that right? <laughs> She was at Blue Heights, so we we're we were two Grace uh Graystown's childhood sweethearts, if you would to call it that. But yeah, across play school and she met subsequently realized we went to play school together. But Lawrence's and then down into Kevin's and Saint David's for, for School life where I was perfectly well behaved, <laughs> and then on into, uh, into college. You now, dad had three kids, still live in Greystones, so we bought our first house a number of years ago back in of You, and then uh, moved down two years ago down to the arena. Um, so, we're, we're happy out now. And- yeah, that's I don't know my potted childhood. That's great, you know. But there,
1: yeah, no, that's good. A few seconds is good, but I want to go back uh, a little bit when you were a little bit younger. Mm. That's, I'm interested. You say the middle child syndrome because uh, mm. I've heard that before, and yeah. I was for a while the middle child. But um, why? Why do you say that, What what what, the, what happens as a middle child? <sighs> Probably nothing different. In honestly,
0: um, maybe as a kid growing up, I was, you know, I've an older sister and a younger brother. Um, maybe I was a bit of a messer, more so than the other two, um, at times. And the middle child syndrome probably went down, and the joke became that I was the only, and I am the only non-doctor out of the three children. <laughs> so I'm the stupid one. But the jokes I always make was well, you don't need to be a doctor to have a good career or to enjoy what you do. But they're both having a great careers. Sarah's a psychologist. Dave's a bit. Um But I'm the middle guy who just did uh, a business degree, so the justs will fall in. But it's it's more of a joke comment, to be fair. You know, it's not.
1: But that's curious uh, that both of them followed uh doctor career mm-hmm. and. Um, did, do they know? Do they know that that's what they wanted to do since? Because bet is one of those things. Dave, a lot of Dave,
0: Dave knew what he wanted to do. Got grown up. Um, well, you, you can tell the funny story of him. If he grew up, he always wanted to be a vet, looking at the dogs, playing with animals, pets. Tried to do that for his leaving didn't get enough points. Like it was high points back yeah. then. Went repeated. Went down in points. And I went in the long way into science in you know, mm-hmm. Trinity and, and ultimately got, got it through Budapest, went over to Budapest and was a mm-hmm. great veterinary college over there. He got his his veterinary degree. My sister thought originally she wanted to be a doctor, as a stereotypical doctor, medicine doctor, did her first year there and changed to psychology and now runs her own psychology practice. That's called treehouse practice in um in Sandford. So, um, and
1: where were you then? Where were you in terms of? Did you didn't know what you wanted to do?
0: I, I, that's it, really. To be honest with you, I think. I think in school at the time, I, I sort of joke I was a little bit of a not too sure where I wanted to be. Dad was in business and Mum's a teacher, so that was my my upbringing. Mum's a French teacher. She I had French grinds in the house as we were growing up. Mm-hmm. So my childhood growing up, there was always French grinds going on in the front room in Applewood Heights. Ten chairs around in a circle mm-hmm. in the downstairs room. We used to have to either do our homework or come in and sit in one of the classes. So, thankfully, I, I, I got good at French as a kid. Um, and I still speak good um, French. So, I think the blend of mum's French and then dad worked for the majority of his career as I remember in, in banking, in Ulster Bank. Um, so, I decided to take a blend of them and did international business in French. As, oh. as my school degree or sorry my my college degree through the school through David's I love sport I love being active did a little bit of mischievous streak in the earlier years of secondary school um, I started going out with my wife in fifty in fifth year in school oh. which is kind of uh, kind of mad well that's uh, that, that's, that's brilliant that, that romance started over. Um, a school bank stamp fight, you know. You stamp me, I stamp you. Bit of flirting as childhood innocence. <laughs> Fifteen, sixteen years of age, and we started going out that summer. Um, and we went on. She went on to become an art teacher, and I went and did my business and French degree. You know, still, do I want to be a fireman when I grow up? No, it didn't come through. Um, but I got into a banking job first of all through, through my dad's connections in Ulster Bank. And then ultimately actually into a great company called Redex Payments. Who dad was was also connected to. So mm-hmm. Dad was uh, was involved in getting into Redex and, and then I sort of made a couple of career moves after that. So I think probably the blend of mum and dad. The French Erasmus thing appealed to me as well to go and do a year abroad um, in college. And you know, I probably still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. It's that, fair that's, that's
1: fair enough. Uh, well, I'm gonna ask uh, you a yeah. bit more about college, but because um, um, you gave me some songs and one of them is called Ackerbilt, "Stranger on the Shore." I have absolutely no idea what that song is. I <laughs> know the the artist is.
0: Yeah, so Ackerbilt, "Stranger on the Shore." So, as as a child growing up, music played a part. So, as as a kid, we had a piano in the in the house. And we got piano lessons, so I uh, had piano teacher who lived two doors down the road from me, his name was Brien O'Dool, and we used to go for piano with Brian. and, you know, that probably gave a bit of a, a taste for music. And then ultimately, when I went into secondary school, I decided I'd my hand at the clarinet, and the clarinet was my in then-next instrument, and an incredible music teacher by called Jerry Stafford. Probably inspired music in me uh, in terms of learning the clarinet, and he ran a band, the Bray Concert Band. We went in and f- for years we, we we played in Bray in Ravenswell, the old school. It was really fun, bonkers stuff. It was a mixture of seventy-year-old old men on the tuba and young kids on the clarinet, and it was just music as the way of bringing people together. But Ackerbilt, stranger on the shore. Ackerbilt is actually a very famous clarinettist and Stranger on the Shore uh, as a piece of music is his most famous piece and as a kid I was like okay well Grant you know who's a good clarinet player and Jerry told me this guy Ackerbuch. so I listened to Stranger on the Shore and learned to play it Um, and it's still a piece of music I can play but it always reminds me of of probably Jerry the childhood break concert band vibe that, that introduction to music and playing music with a group and what that actually does for you it's different to just playing music on your own, um, so that's what I picked. That in. that's on that picture. Yeah.
1: I went on to college and um, what I was trying to work out I don't know exactly how old you are, but you were pretty much in around the, the Celtic Tiger era, weren't you, just before the Celtic Tiger era, you were going college? Yeah, so... Well, so I'm just curious what was going on there because, okay, you picked business and in around that time is when st- 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 stuff started to happen in Ireland, yeah. it was like we all of a sudden we became a rich country.
0: Yeah, so... Yeah, I went well, I went to the banking, I didn't really. I went to this teller in banking Bank Donkey, you know, changing mm-hmm. the coin bags for Queen's Pub. Um but the first job was Relex Payments, Payments, Payment Company. And that was probably at the foundation of online payments. Mm-hmm. That was the start. That was the start of back then. A small startup, it was in Glasgow, small office above the central and I was a sales person. With my job also I was the bin man and did a bit of marketing and helped with some of the accounts and it was an amazing insight into a fast-growing startup company which really was taking legs then you know it was probably 20-ish people when i joined them um, the irish economy or what was happening in ireland was web where it was sort of really starting then um, and that was what people were unsure about you know putting your credit card details in online then was was a little bit dodgy. you know is this payment page secure? the sales pitch was you know it's safe to do this um and they ultimately got a couple of corporates on board you know the likes of the this and the motor tax other e and then your your sales pitch becomes an awful lot easier because your are you know and I'm from an economy perspective, you know I was young it was my first real job um I was still living at home at the time, actually, um, working in relax. So it was great, you know, because you get a bit of a salary coming in. You know, I bought probably my first car. Um, worries are probably, you know, where am I going to go partying or celebrating this weekend or what's my holiday going to be? It was a few ski holidays. It was some great, great times in, in relax. Um, your working life becomes just, you know, just a part of your social life.
1: Yeah, I'm just trying to throw my uh, my uh, memory back to that time when uh, when the new pubs were coming out, and that you, know, you just mentioned ski holiday. Like when I first came to Ireland, there was ski turning. You know, people didn't really go. ski. <laughs> so things that were changing. I'm just curious to see how how you lived it as a as a young man. I mean, yeah,
0: as, a, as you see, I, I I never have actually been a big drinker so to speak either mm-hmm. so I was never really massive in the pub scene um, don't get me wrong I would have had my nights out and, and lots to run myself but you know the social nights were probably in Glasgow. we'd go to Eagle House on the corner and you'd have a couple of pints after work and mm-hmm. we'd have got the dart home socially here in Greystowns it was either the beach house or down to the Barnaby. you wouldn't venture into Downs because that's where all the old <laughs> men were or the public house <laughs> in the middle Um and that was it. Latrex the was, was there, the night club, um, you know, the old Latouche building. That was the Thursday night or the Friday night I go to. I had a first sort of summer job prior to the sort of the working year, uh, working on the beach I was collecting glasses and she worked actually in you know, Latrex collecting glasses. And <laughs> you know, the the night's out would be up there and you'd have your few drinks and you'd go to messing and whatever. So that was the younger era and then maybe working era was, was more some of the pubs. Town maybe
1: was the go to for a bigger night out. But it wasn't a, you weren't you didn't get cut cut up in the you didn't get cut up in the in the whole you know, brand new cars and no, all flashy no, stuff no, and all that. No, no, because no. that was happening, right? That was a bit No, no, no. For
0: like to be honest, yeah, for me it's it wasn't about like that. Um, okay. you know flashy car now i still drive bikes and golf albeit it's a nicer version of the one i probably first bought but i may be a bit of a creature of habit from that point of view um no it was probably more experiences and and trying to spend money on a couple of trips and and as i said earlier we had some great ski holidays with some great holidays with friends and tried different bits and pieces a little bit of travel you know to to thailand for a couple of weeks or the scheme of with friends, seeing his friends work—they they were probably the more things that we strove towards—and
1: then ultimately he was buying the house. Yeah, yeah, um, no. So a, a level-headed, a level-headed, boring. Level-headed. Yeah, no, that's a, that's all right. That's <laughs> all right. No, it, 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 because it, because I'm going to ask you a little bit more about your your current job mm. because. It just the trajectory is uh, uh, so, um, not to say just with you, but mm. in that world of business and sales and so on, mm. it can be quite a fast and furious and can, it can soak you in regardless of what you who you are. And that's yeah. that's where I really what I was trying to get at. Oh. And I will get to it oh. after you tell me why you picked Lionel Rich in all night long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs>
0: Uh, again I was trying to think of songs that, that sort of meant something or reminded me of a certain time. Um total segue from from working life. That's actually from as a kid growing up. Um we used to always go on family holidays to France. We used to always get the ferry, we used to pack everything into the back of the Volvo that, that dad used to have, one of those long stretched, gammy looking Volvo's and we used to drive down through France. And the family joke was... Sorry, funny. <laughs> we were into the car and when we got to the toll bridges to pay the payage, we used to always put on Lionel Richie all night long. You know, the innocence of not knowing what that song <laughs> maybe means. We used to chew Mentos sweets in the car and sing all night long. And just the, the woman who would be taking the money in the payage thing would be there. So just... Probably it's a, it's a song that would, if you always think back of good fun times, family holidays, France, going camping, having fun, not a care in the world, avoiding us in the car. Stick on a bit more Let the music play. On, play, on,
1: play, on, play on. Everybody sing, everybody dance. Lose yourself in wild romance. We're going to party, corral, fiesta, forever. Come on. Fiesta forever, come
0: on
1: and sing along, all night all night all night So yeah, I was curious about your current job, and simply because I know it's a, it's a fast and furious in uh, the company, But you don't need to mention my name, whatever it is, but it's a large company isn't it. Yeah. And it's all about sales and so on and so forth. And at the moment, you travel quite a bit for your work. And, and yeah. I just want to know, if, you know, you got to, tell me a bit about the career and why you picked it and how yeah. is it pioneer for you?
0: Yeah. Um, so I went from Relaxing to you know, Salesforce, which is the company I work for. Um, it, you know, I, I, I chose that through actually a colleague who had moved on and, and sort of a career advisor. I've been in Relax for... That's about five years, and I needed a bit of a fresh challenge and a fresh change. Mm-hmm. And you know, sales I had been doing, I felt I was relatively okay at it, and I wanted to continue on and try a different environment. So, going into the tech, one of the big American tech companies, um, what a better place to try and learn? And yeah, you're right. It's fast paced, it's hard paced, and it's it's um, it's tough. I'm there nine years now. Um, And when I say that out loud, it sounds extremely long, but in a lot of different ways it feels like I haven't been there for that long. So it's got an uncanny way of making time quickly lapse. Um, And it's been fantastic for my life, uh, working in that company. I have thoroughly enjoyed it and still enjoy it, Um, albeit it's tough. Mm. Um, And I think the older I get in some ways, the tougher it can become in your mind to try and keep that balanced sense of perspective. On always continually pushing for the next and for the next and for the next. So, we have been working to try and make sure I have that sense of balance in terms of how I'm helping with Career wise, yeah, I got in uh, in an entry level sales capacity, and the, the companies have a fantastic way of making you achieve great things, set yourself a target, push for it, strive for it, over the achievement as well, and um, well rewarded rightly or wrongly if you believe in that or against that, but it's a target-driven environment. Um, there's great skills and great coaching that you do get along the way, great exposure. Why I why I still love doing sales is probably just being able to talk in numbers with people. And that was probably the reason why I went into it. You know, getting out, meeting some customers in the early part of my career, part of having many children or whatever. Um, that was easier. Obviously, when the kids come on board and then travel, uh, impacts it. You need to make sure you have that sense of balance and plan where you're going to be, what you're going to be doing. Um, but no, it's 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 brought me different access to different parts of the world economy, working into the UK banking system, into financial services. Then my first foray into managing people. Then into running a different region, so different market. Mm. So culturally, that's been great. And I've seen a. Uh, an SME or a a startup grow up and I've also seen a bigger tech company explode um, and continue to grow at a a fast pace. Um, From an employee well-being perspective, it's a key part of what we're trying to do is Mm. make sure that people are looking after themselves. Mm. And There's a key element around you hear the phrases of work-life balance. Mm. What am I doing? How am I coping? Um, We need to practice what we're preaching a lot more in these companies, I believe. Um, not just where I work but everywhere to be sure we have that sense of, of purpose and what we're doing and maybe it's because I've gotten a little bit older I'm um, still young right but, mm. but, but with having a family and with having a wife and, and seeing what matters they matter right they're the number one no matter what nothing else nothing like flash cars money achievements recognition clubs mm. performer this or chairmans that it doesn't matter what matters is you being there, being the best version of yourself, and um, for the people that care, and um, you care for what. Um,
1: yeah, and, and the reason why I wanted to talk to you is that we had a conversation months ago about something completely different, but a couple of things stayed in my mind, and uh, and I thought, yeah, that's really interesting because here's a is a company, a very successful company. And, and Look, we can always give out about the big companies, but you know, we all need a laptop. We all need, there's always something you know, These guys have come up with a great plan that works for many companies. eh? It's capitalism, whatever you want to call it. It's a business. But you're in that. But at the same time, I remember you telling me about uh, that they do, for example, as a company, they do this uh, 1 plus 1 plus 1 option where... You get to actually tell me a bit about that just because it's, yeah, a, it's an interesting thing, and that,
0: that was one of the things that stood out for me a lot of the mm-hmm. time. Like I mentioned a bit about my but I was heavily involved um, in the business and the poll locally um, for, for a number of years. And, and when I looked at you know, what they offered, the 111 model, which is now it's going to be implemented by a number of those companies, one percent of time equity in product is typically what it is. And when a company starts out, one percent of nothing is nothing, so it's easy to give that. Um, but to be able to allow your employees to do that is probably one of the big enticements whether it's one of the sales pitches to get people to join perhaps, but but I do believe that it's a really really core part of what they're doing and the giving back model is really really powerful. Um, So for me to be able to say I give back or I volunteer with whatever it may be that you care about, if it's an animal welfare charity, if it's a children's Mm -hmm. charity, if it's uh, teaching in a school, if it's coaching a football team you know they're, they're to the, the poor children, but, um, to be able to put that time down and, and give that back and then ultimately get a grant back from that company, from your employer that can be attributed to the charity or the cause that you care about I think it's 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 a very very good thing um, taking long stints and a lot of people now will take a week off and go abroad and volunteer in
1: Whatever it like yeah. might
0: be that you want to, you want to help out. In.
1: So it's tangible, it's real, it's not just yeah, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: And it's saves seven days, so that 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 can be a powerful um, thing. And I think we need to double down on that again, and and make sure that we're investing in local, relevant causes. Um, not that there's not you know, no, no, agree, not Local, yeah. but if you can if you can bring it closer to home or closer to something that you care about, then it has meaning. Then it has purpose. Um so Okay. That's a, that's a good big part of what they do.
1: It's great. Yeah. Um Tokyo Myers, Children. Now this you me in demo.
0: So you've heard of Robert Miles, I would yeah. assume, and the version children. So this is um Tokyo Myers' version. I picked this one because Tokyo Myers is actually a guy who won Griffin's got Talent. You know what happened before do I know that? The only reason I know that it's was back on my work trip. I was on a work trip in Florence earlier this year, um, which was an amazing work trip with Sheena, just me and her, no children. Great to just have those five days together. Um actually fell on the anniversary of my dad's death. So it was a kind of a poignant slash happy time. Um, happy because he was my career guidance slash coach. Um, but anyway, we went on this trip and the final night... Tokyo Myers was the performer. And Children is one of his songs. And as a kid or as a younger guy growing up, used to love terrible Robert Miles esque music. And Children was one of the songs that stood out for me. So when I was thinking of Robert Miles Children, I was like, no, no, I'll use Tokyo Myers' version. Um, so I can link the two stories together.
1: Mentioned about your dad, and I would like to talk to you about your dad in a minute. But um, he was able to involved with um, with uh, Vincent de Paul, you know, locally, mm. and in a different way, you got involved with another charity, the mm. Cystic Fibrosis Ireland, CF mm. Ireland. Mm. Uh, tell me a bit about that. You're now the member of the board, right?
0: Yeah, so I'm now the treasurer of the board, um, which is great, mm-hmm. and it's uh, talking about giving back, you know. I got involved with CF when Senna and my middle boy was born. So Senna was diagnosed with CF when he was three weeks old on the heel print test. So we had Rian, my eldest child, and we had Senna. And the only CF that was in my family was my cousin. Fergal had died from cystic fibrosis um, back when he was um, a young boy, essentially. And I was a young boy, so he was my older cousin. And that was the only previous... In our family, obviously, a significant family um, event, and it was. But when me and Shane went on to have children, you don't think of, are we going to have a child with a particular condition? Um, in order to have somebody with cystic fibrosis, both adults or both parents need to be a carrier of the CF gene. Mm. And one in twelve Irish adults is actually a carrier of the CF gene. Mm. Right, so if you and I. The Andrea in and a female form and me were to have a child and you're a carrier and I'm a check- the carrier, there's then a one in four chance that the two defective genes will connect and that person will have cystic fibrosis So that's what happened with Salmon, and Salmon was born. Three weeks later, we were told he had CF. And I remember sitting in the in, in that room, a diagnosis room, and our then consultant came in and said, Don't worry, this will become really normal. And I remember looking at him and saying, what are you talking about? You know, your 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 life at the time, as you think of it, is completely being ripped apart. You're told that your child has a condition that is um, life-shortening. Ultimately, you know, life expectancy it was in the 30s. I'm going to and 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 still, his late 30s so is the average life expectancy. But that new normal piece has resonated and stuck with us because it absolutely then becomes your really new normal, your new routine, and. So, um, He's just saying, you know, and um, he's not someone with CF or whatever it may be, and he just happens to live with a condition that, thankfully, I believe, is really turning the corner in terms of its treatment protocols, the new medicines that are coming on board, the, the, the treatment plans, the ability to maintain a physical sense of well being. But I think, really, obviously, as soon as I knew he was diagnosed with CF, it, it was a charity anywhere I, I wanted to. To get involved in, be through fundraising initially, you know doing the the marathon for Sierra sure. And there were you know, a couple of bits and pieces that we would have done locally, and then she have done,
1: you know, coffee mornings, and we would have done other bits and pieces. Um, but th- so, and I, I'm going to ask you a little bit more about that. But in terms of um, as a treasurer in in a charity, and mm-hmm. I, I spoke to Tom Scotty, another local mm-hmm. guy that. Um, one of, the, one of the charities. Yeah. Um, but, and I, I, I do believe it's great to have, and I've done plenty myself, where you mm-hmm. just do something, you raise some funds. How important are the funds to, so what you just say there, there's so much st- study being done, so much yeah. that is, is improving the conditions and, and hopefully they'll find a the cure. But how important is this, the actual money aspect of it, the fundraiser? That's crucial. It is crucial? Yeah. Why is it crucial? Because there's not enough fund. There's process. not.
0: There's not. They, they don't get any money. Okay, from the government. Okay, or from grants. They get a minimal, a more minimal. You're talking about not even worth mentioning grant, perhaps from an medical company or two to run their annual conference from an awareness perspective. And if you think back to what CFORN would have been years ago, back when. You know, my dad actually was even involved in the charity back when girls do a lot it was probably just awareness of what CF is, what is cystic fibrosis and the stereotype of thinking oh, something to do with the lungs you know, there will be no underlying other impacts of what else it goes to your body and how else it can be done the money that now gets fundraised goes towards research projects funded research projects that people will do and I think there's a bit of a misconception on research, is it worth money or is it worth investment? Absolutely. Because without research, you're not going to find what works or doesn't work. And we've seen with CF in the last two years, specifically, the new medicines and the new drugs, albeit that there was a lot of uptake around the cost of those and I was involved in those campaigns to, to get those drugs approved yeah, as just a, a dad who was fighting for the best quality for his own son, mm-hmm. so to speak, but... The money goes for research. It also goes to people with CF who have a disability, right? Ultimately, they they have disability. They're a disability they are entitled to disability benefits and and um, at times are out of work due to their illness and may require some additional financial support. May require, um, you know, money to put heat on in the house on occasion. There's also an exercise grant that's been heavily involved. And now, thankfully, there's more adults living with CF in Ireland than there are children, which is amazing. It's great. But those adults are now going on to have families, which is incredible. They might need a fertility grant. There's now more adults that are applying for transplants. They might need some financial support for for a transplant grant. And that money doesn't come from another pot. So you give your 10 euro on 65 roses, as it's called, awareness day, that goes in then to a the associated part of what we need to do as a charity. And the charity then and the board and the responsibility of the, of the people that work there is to try and make the correct investment decisions as to where we think the money needs to go. Mm-hmm. Um, badly and wrongly, the charity also at times need to support and fund physical building projects. So the building of the CF unit in this. Beds for Beaumont. You know, there's not enough money provided by a government to build uh, a ward in a particular hospital. So the money that you give could actually ultimately go towards putting a bed in in an adult hospital for someone who has to go in and spend your IV antibiotics with CF. You're in there for two weeks minimum um, at a time. So I think research, well being of people with CF, future looking initiatives around. Fertility, transplants, longevity, um, those are probably the big things, those two ones. And the board, they're all volunteers, the staff that are employed by CF Ireland. You can't run a charity without paid employees. Sure. So I've no issue with that either, um, because without them, there is no awareness, there is no charity.
1: Sure. Um, no, I, and I wanted to hear from you because being at the forefront of it, like, we've, we've had so many bad cases of mm. charity and and I know everybody gets covered with the same brush it, and it's just yeah. and 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 it's not right and no. and we all find it really hard to walk around Grafton Street yeah. and being attacked by yeah. whatever the name you know yeah. they give it. But but also it's important to know that, that
0: it's 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 a tough gig and, and the people that work in fundraising and work in there it's 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 you know you wanna be thick skinned yeah. to work in that like in that environment the work they do is powerful stuff. Families that are tough, the other thing I should say is also family support. You know, if you're a young parent or a young family with a, with a child that's living a cystic fibrosis, life is hard. There are some really, really really hard days. Yeah. You know, really tough days and those families need support. Yeah. Um, and to be able to have a network group, you know, I know that, that without the CF mammy's Facebook network group, that she was a member of, we would have being lost you know, without people that are going through a sense of, of commonality and a sense of togetherness so people that really understand um, understand what you are going through and understand it's okay I also have a with so yeah, CF I know what it's like um, and without having and this is where social media does become a powerful tool is, is you can get connection with people that you would not ordinarily know um, so I think you know they're doing some great things the whole poor charities tired of the same brush there's always some bad sure. eggs in every box, right? Um, you need to try and see through that and see past that. Okay. Um, yeah, very good. Tell me about um, this Hourglass, Mindy Glenhill. Mm. The better story to tell you would have been a bit of a different song next, but... Tell me. The One Republic song where I lived yeah. is probably more relevant than what we're thinking of.
1: Yeah, give me the One Republic of um,
0: Obviously, C yeah, F because that song... They actually released a video with a boy who has cystic fibrosis. And if Mm -hmm. you listen to the lyrics Mm -hmm. of that song, it's really around living your life to the best. Limitless. Like limitless. Um, And that song came out and they had, you should actually watch the video of that song, um, which actually features a young boy who's doing his treatment, his nebulizer. He goes out on his bike, he does his exercise. And one republic got behind to see the foundation and actually uh, decided to, to release that song so the lyrics of of I Live is is really for anyone to listen to and no matter what your perceived limitation of oh this would be your new normal or you know people are dealing with diagnosis of illnesses all the time you need to just see through that in a sense of positivity and know that in the darkest of moments with good people around you good family good friends and a little drop of um, positivity you get through it and you can achieve whatever you want hmm. and there's a lot of those lyrics in that song that, that actually doesn't make well to any child or anybody to go just say you've lived you know, to the best of your hope when you take that jump you don't feel the fall
1: hope when the water rises you build a wall Open the crowd out, your name. Hope if everybody runs you to stay. Hope that you fall Just before we put the microphone on, I was telling you how this little project is kinda of turning into something very interesting because this type of conversation are really helping people. To a bit what you just said about the CF mummies, yeah, not everybody's is too keen to go online or to share the story, but but listen, in the privacy of your car or whatever your headphones, sometimes it helps. And um and you did you did mention how hard it is, and I I can't imagine it, and I won't even begin to imagine how hard it is or heartbreaking the whole thing. But if you can give us a sense of the journey, oh, the Sanan is.
0: Five, five, yeah. And, and Arena six, is seven? Arena is 7 yeah. it'll be eight next year and Via is going to be three. In okay. So,
1: in a normal situation, that's a busy household anyway. Crazy, crazy busy house, yeah. So, you're like, you're in and out of nappies for a number of years. Yeah, other side. Right huh? the- <laughs> <laughs> but then we um, have the added, the added seriously show. So, it just give us a sense of all that as a parent. and, and Yeah. That.
0: Um... To be honest, my wife is the main hero there in terms of the routine, because I have the easy, easy job at the moment. So she's a teacher, but she's on a career break at the moment. Um, and I get up in the morning and well, I usually am out the door by between a quarter past and half seven to try and miss the traffic. But um, the routine of what has to happen is is full on. Um there's a day-to-day protocol that Simon has to do or anyone with to do to stay well or to maintain well-being. So um, as I said, one of the first things is really around the lungs and keeping your lungs clear. Um, so he has to do an immunizer treatment with vaporized salt um, every morning. Um, he then has um, airway clearance techniques that he has to do to make sure there's any clearance of, of, of the airways through a strengthening pet mask to strengthen the muscles around the lungs and then exercise physio and physio for us in the morning is we've got an indoor trampoline in the kitchen which takes a corner of the kitchen and you know someone will go from doing two minutes on his, on his pet resistance mask to two minutes of jumping and bouncing up and down um, and they do that three times four times um, which will take that routine will take 20 minutes Um that's not any medicine so, to speak, the vaporized salt is the hypertonic sideline. But then you'll go into um, food. And um, if there's also a, a condition that affects the digestive system. So, it'll take digestive enzymes anytime you eat anything that contains fat. So, there's an awareness of what is the diet like for someone. Is, is it a whole diet? Is it well rounded? Is it good? Does it contain good fats? are not avoiding and not opting for low fat. You opt for good fats and, and normal based foods. And then you take a, a digestive enzyme to consume that. So in terms of what's involved as a parent, you've got the mind frame of uh, am I on track with my treatment protocol? Have I got my food balance right with my food diary? Or my breakdown, what's in the lunchbox, how many enzymes go in there? That's the, <laughs> the big thing there. And then thankfully, as I mentioned, there's some new, new drugs. So someone qualified for one of the new medicines that was released and is now a drug can be which was approved and, and put through by, by the HSE last year. And so, so they now taking that medicine, which is one of the drugs that has come through research projects to potentially and um, Prevent the decline of the disease which was the why that was ultimately perceived from that just is is i
1: i am' quite ignorant about the subject yeah. is it is it degenerative disease yeah is yeah. that what yeah. Is so so kind of we'll ultimately,
0: ultimately um how people normally or typically would die would be from the of, of of lungs or other body functions would become compromised based on body, body fatigue but, hysterity would be through through the lungs would the way that most people would have died. Chest infections, the lung would break down and break down and ultimately um, result in, in the person passing away. But um, you can prevent the decline or prevent things happening through exercise, well-being, fit and healthy lifestyle, not eating crap foods, looking after yourself, and then ultimately also taking... If you can now take a high-tech drug or high-tech medicine, that will help to prevent that decline. Mm-hmm. Um, that's giving that person a chance at the coolest round of life, um, and that's ultimately now what what CF Ireland should stand for. Um, it's it's for a normal living. Um, I don't know if we'll ever have a cure for disease, um, but you know we're making progress. We're making steps in the right direction. All the units through already post most expensive medicine, but medicine
1: does are the most conditions mm-hmm. Um even people as best as it can be. And you said a couple of things there that, that are really, uh, they're really key for me. Like you mentioned, positivity, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's just really important. And but also as a now a three-year-old yeah. uh, father of, uh, of a child with a CF. Yeah in terms of practical I'm just trying to picture like, the, the kitchen in the morning practically the where kitchen But you have the other two kids the kitchen is garbage really. yeah the and the you also have the other two kids I'm sure someday you go Rian don't be doing this yeah. you know, that it's Rian's doing
0: this usually Rian is off kicking football in the hall or he's reading a book or he's doing something Fia will invariably probably be jumping on the trampoline waiting for her go Selen so will be there at the breakfast bar and the only time the kid's as a as a routine, watch telly or watch something on the iPad would be in sentence it was Nebs. So jump up, we'll do Nebs, get Nebs done, get out of the way, watch something on Netflix. That's usually where the first fight is involved yeah. to choose that.
1: <laughs> um be no, saying so curious about the other children, obviously. And the other children to get the whole thing balanced.
0: Uh, and, and I think the thing of what Descock said was that this has become really normal. Like they, they don't know any different. And they shouldn't know any different. Because it's part of our life. And it's never going to not be part of our life. Mm. And for any other family who's got any other condition or CFSIs or other things, that's part of your family life. And, you know, there isn't a morning where we can skip doing NEBS or don't take your pambi or don't do your Maze bits and, and don't do your pet and your airway This is just not an option. Mm. Now, that as a parent... Is the way I want him to try and live with his condition. Now, when he becomes an adult, he can do what he likes. And um, But if we can instill the habits and the rituals of living with the conditions, just you can normalize it as best you can. There's some incredible role models out there living with Seattle. A good friend of mine was getting married next week, Evan Scully, running marathons. He, he's the person that holds the European record for a marathon. He's run the marathon in just over 310, 312, which I know is know his exact time. But, like, these people who are aspirational, inspirational athletes, role models for living with the condition Mm -hmm. are the people that we should be looking up towards Um, and and telling the positive stories of can do whatever you want. Um, And that's what I want, Senator, to grow up with. Yes, Paul, lives with it. Um, There are occasions and there are times where he asks the questions. He's he's starting to get inquisitive. Am I the only one that has this? Um, Will I always have this? Yes, you will. No, you're not. The only one that has it. Do your best. Apply your treatment. The most incredible mother in normal life's as best she can. And yeah, there are, of course, moments when we say it's totally shit. Sure. Don't get me wrong. It's, no, it's, no, it's, it's not tough. So if you're the hospital and you and blood tests and clinics, it's a complete pain in the backside. Yeah. But um, I think it's shown us a sense of resilience that you can overcome things. Um, Okay.
1: Really yeah. Okay. You picked the next song then. We'll go back to that. Well we go back to the other one because the Hourglass. The, one. the Hourglass one is really around the
0: kids uh, in, in general. And Hourglass was a song that was played. We did a photo shoot when me and Sheena which would make people think that I'm good looking there on a model, which you know is not the case. <laughs> uh but Hourglass was uh played when they showed us the photos that like they're taking with me, Sheena, and Liam. And, um, and it's about, obviously, the boy growing up, he was an emotional tearjerker one, but it more so connected us as the realization of becoming new parents and what that makes you become. Yeah, it's not about you anymore. It's about them. And um, it's about your partner in a different light. And, um, you know, the girl that I grew up with, fell in love with, married, is now a mum. So you see her in a different way and, yeah, I it's a little bit of an emotional one around your children again, so just just letting them grow up and uh, do what they want.
1: Little boy when you speak I can't help but kiss your cheeks I love the way you grab my hands Tell me all about your plans. Rocket high, coming Fly you and I could hit right and fly away to never Give our best Peter babe. Anyway, you for people that don't know you, you, you're not old. You don't look old. But you sound like a, a very wise man. But that's coming from somewhere, right? And you mentioned your dad quite a few times. I haven't met him. I had not had the pleasure to meet him. Mm-hmm. He passed away a year ago, just over a year ago. A year and a bit, yeah, a year and a lot. yeah. But he must have been a part, perf- like you mentioned him as a mentor. He must have been extremely influential. Like what, what you're describing your your fatherhood to me is I'm, I'm I'm an older father than you are. I I don't think I could describe the way you have in the last ten minutes. You know, you're obviously deeply involved, and and I don't think it would have made any difference whether your son had it. Yeah. CF or not, you no. would have, you that would have been your yeah. sense, or your your understanding, and your interest in, in in being a father. So, tell me about your father, then, and because it must have been a huge presence in your life.
0: Yeah, like well, more man
1: died in equal measures. Right? Sure. I, I'd say
0: I go to as a team because they were they were that. But that's probably the one thing I'd articulate about me and she. the 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 word or the sense of team is you've got to be in it together. You have to be a team. To work and have balance, but specifically around dad, I think there's probably when I thought back to as a young boy, my granddad or his dad died, when I was making my communion or I was younger, right? So I don't really have massive, vivid memories of him, but um, dad as a person, there was a lot of what he did and how he carried himself that 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 I definitely can try and make a relation to, um not as intelligent as him he was an intelligent guy had done his studies got a master's in mental fashion and, and studied a lot a um, bit of a nerd by default, that's probably why even mum clicked and um, <laughs> business wise as a career role model yeah he, he was definitely the one who had the business brain and understanding of, of money and understanding of how business works the dogs having a drink in the bowl and <laughs> um, we did have a dog actually growing up, so it's okay. Um, yeah. They need to drink as well. Just shut up
1: and I'll take that out.
0: Go on the <laughs> sure. um, So now, back on that and his influence, I think career-wise, yeah, he, he, he definitely was someone that I looked up to um, and definitely was someone that encouraged me to go. He encouraged me to get my first couple of jobs when I made those moves and then enjoying my current work. He then started to follow my career and and showed me excitement of me going into a tech company, into sales, into growing, mentor and um, mentored, always bounce deals off and challenges, business ideas, um, you know, I always talk to him about his business proposals, which projects that he did in a lot of part of his career. Um, he was my best friend in a lot of ways as well, right? So you sort of then grow to see your own parents in a different way when you come full circle. And, and through into having your own children and you can see them in a different way in what they did for you hmm. um, the giving back element of him locally with, with charity probably was was something that I, I definitely think has resonated a lot, the way he did for others a lot um, and thought of others first and it wasn't for recognition, it wasn't for um, an award or it wasn't for appreciation, it was just to go and have the cup of tea with the lonely person who wanted to have a chat And that for him was what doing good was about, was was, was helping others. And he had an uncanny way of making people smile and laugh and bringing a sense of humour to situations where at times there may not be a proper sense of humour and it's okay to have a laugh about things and it's okay to try and normalise things um, through laughter and through having fun taking the piss. So that was another part of of him as a person to be able to have a laugh and have a joke with people Mm. Um, because that will help them to see through being a tough moment or or otherwise. So, yeah, I I think his loss, yeah, and and his dad last year, it still is tough. Losing anyone in your family is tough. The hardest thing I've ever had to do um, was go through that. And, you know, it still is raw. It's, It's still hard to cope with um you know mom's now on her own but she's done incredibly well in terms of her her, her own life and, and life goes on and, and you have to think of what they would do in, in their own different circumstance and difficult circumstance
1: and um but it's good to know as a parent now and uh, I lost both my parents but uh, as a parent it's good to know that you can carry that legacy on you mm-hmm. know Uh yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that
0: word legacy is powerful because what do you want to be remembered for is yeah. one of those difficult questions to answer, and yeah. I don't know if you ever know the answer to it, um, but do you yeah. want to be remembered for someone who cared for his or her family, gave the best version of himself to those people, had fun and had a sense of positivity along the way, and enjoyed what they did, um, and enjoyed spending time with people? That's a pretty decent legacy to have. It shouldn't, in my mind, be around accomplishment X or mm. achievement Y because they're just parts of the journey. Um,
1: you're not going to be remembered for the grade or the point or the goal, whatever it is. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: No, and that and that's going back to the, the initial conversation about your job because uh, I, I worked in corporate in the past, mm. and it's just it can be so soul destroying mm. if you do have. Which you you obviously clearly have uh, a sense of purpose, a sense of you know your interest in life. You are interested in. in yeah, you got it. Uh, and interested. yes, you are on the plane to do what you need to do, and you do it the best of your capability.
0: Yeah, you know wh- why do I do it? Well, I do it because I need to ultimately pay the bills as well, sure. right? And, and I need to be able to pay for my family, and I I earn a living. And um, I do the best version of what I can do when I am in there. Because otherwise, you get bored. Right? Sure. Um someone said to me well, about get up show up and do the work and if you can have that mentality and if you can apply yourself to, to do and think that way and operate that way give the best version of yourself into whatever you're doing at that time and and then if you can leave your work element there and then bring that best version of yourself to come home and be that or the best version of yourself if you're going out when you're going or doing what you're doing Um, you know that that's that's what you can expect for yourself. So I think yeah, my dad's loss and death, sudden, very hard to take, difficult, but you know, you come through time is a healer, yes, definitely. It's still very, very raw well in a lot of ways and that's probably a good thing. Because if you didn't miss somebody, then you know, your questioners you're questioning what were you missing? Um so, you know, missing someone is healthy. Um, and it brings keeping those memories and what they've brought alive
1: well maybe the next song is probably fishing for your dad although I didn't meet him a, a giant mm-hmm. bone. great one and yeah
0: it's when it when someone passes away I think music and certain playlists can can relate to you and, and giant as a song is just really around being again as I said probably the biggest best version of yourself um, in any capacity and Whenever I am out for a run I'll always have that in the playlist and it'll always when I'm doing it pick me up. I'm not deeply religious, but it'll make me just point upwards and think, you know, go and do what you want to do. It's not necessarily a song that reminds me of dad, but now that I've said that Like people again <laughs> the next time. But yeah, it's a great it's a great tune
1: as well. So you see, you were worried about what we were going to talk about, it. and I can have loads more questions to ask you. But well, we are coming towards the end, mm-hmm. and I haven't even started asking about your um, your running, right? Because that's oh, how that's really how we met. You don't really want to keep. No, on. but I tell you yeah. why I want to know because um, I, I, I remember. I don't know whether it was your first marathon, mm-hmm. and you and Kieran a common yeah. friend did together yeah. and I think, I think at the time you guys came out running with us That's to do right. of um, right. training whatever but yeah. you were obviously younger and fitter, and you went off and, and we didn't see you again but then then, then you did the yeah. marathon and the marathon but that, you you had a pretty nasty experience right yeah and <laughs> which, I'm curious which, which time <laughs> no but I'm curious uh, it was once I, I think it was the, I don't know but anyway I remember yeah. but I'm curious to find out because obviously again that to me said you went in to give it the best possible shot, because you run for CF, I think, yep. if I remember correctly, that you're raising quite a lot of money for yep. that, yep. and you you set yourself a target. I can't yep. remember what it was. You can remind me. Yep. Tell me a bit about that. I think I now usually
0: like the marathon; will cheer you up and speed you know, if you don't respect it. And I think I probably I done triathlons in the past, so I was probably relatively fit. I was never a top athlete, I never will be, um, but I enjoyed doing it, and I enjoyed getting out and having fun. And again. I joined Wicklow Drive back in the day just to have fun, and the, the races were a byproduct of going away and having a laugh at the weekends with the guys and girls in the club, some fantastic memories of those uh, weekends away. The marathon then, I think, probably came upon them. my brother-in-law was actually a top-class marathon runner, so three-hour marathon runner, um, uh, and I'd done for years in paced races, and I was sure I could give one of those a go. And... The first one I did, I sort of did it quietly. I think the one you're referring to was actually my second time where I thought mm-hmm. I'd actually trained properly for it. I was aiming for, you know, trying to get in. I mean, this is some great mountain numbers, but trying to try and get in like a 3.45, 3.50 marathon. And I went out, made the mistakes, had done the whole CF um, awareness build up, carried that momentum into that into the races, maybe a little bit of a psychological thing in the back of your head of why you're doing it or what are you doing it for and yeah <laughs> practically went out too hard stupidly went out and bought a base layer top a few days before because the weather forecast said it was going to be cold and I'm a terrible person in the cold and it was one of these top compression tops that so, you know was brutal to wear in the marathon ended up coming home badly over four hours and in a bad physical state on the finish line I think you're on and Kieran helped me across the finish line at the time. Um, I've done one since then, didn't do a huge amount better, but I went went too hard. And this is maybe the thing. The marathon. you got to just be steady and pace and maybe enjoy it. Um, I haven't entered for this year, um, but running as something to do, you know, for me, it's always been good for the moment.
1: Yeah, that I? was going to be my next question, because I see you running around and... Um, and is that is that is that, it? Is that your yeah. release valve every now and then?
0: Yeah, it's definitely a release valve, um, exercise and training and I love it. Um I must get back and running with groups because that's probably also the fun of getting out and chatting to people as you're doing it. Um but it's also yeah, it's 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 nice to incorporate exercise into your life as, as part of what you do. Um And to be able to show, again, back to the kids and show them that mum and dad go out and do a run or go to the gym or do a spin class or uh, go and go to the bike or go for a swim, it normalises that exercise itself so important in keeping ourselves physically and mentally well. Mm. And that mental well-being of a run, be it stick on an iPod or a podcast, um, listen to some music, listen to nothing sometimes, listen to your breathing, to me it's fantastic. And, And, you know, we live looking to live on the coast and, and, and can run up the cliff walk and, and you know 5k up and 5k back it's an amazing thing you come home with a different version of yourself yeah. um, and you know for me to keep that going yes I may have entered a couple of races down the line and I'll, I'll look to do something else I'll go back and do the marathon. and maybe I'll do one with you
1: Perform the next time if, um, if we don't get too old, if we, we don't, don't get too old.
0: But now, <laughs> listen, it's it's, it's around a drawing Danbo being put
1: together. Yeah. In terms of the last question about you know with the three kids and the community that you live in, mm-hmm. what what do you see? What, what would you, like? What's your ideal community? I know where we are is pretty good, but mm-hmm. is there something missing there that, that you, as a younger generation, and your kids as a younger again, we should strive to to put together? Yeah. A, um, this is something we're missing right here. Oh, well, do you, I like think, in general, as a community? I think as a community, well, uh, the town we live in and Greystones in general now has has
0: become so vast and it has become so much more than when I was growing up. And I did actually say this to Sheena a while ago, I was like, gosh, it's it different that you go down to town or you go to the gym, you don't really recognise people as much as you used to. Um and that's just a byproduct of the fact that it is a very uh, nice place to live and lots of homes have been built and mm-hmm. it's, it's grown and grown. What's it missing as a, as a town or as a community? Um, maybe that sense of community, what does that actually mean? A, a connection with people, um, an ability to go around and converse and chat with people in, the, in a more pleasurable way. I think the clubs probably are trying to do a version of that, be it your your, your Grace Sounds United or your rugby club or your tennis club or or whatever. I think that's the responsibility of the schools and the communities Mm -hmm. to try and bring people in a little bit more. And that would be probably what I would say is missing. Um, The the mindset in a lot of people that others will do it, the others will do it mentality has to change. You know, you have to if you have a child in football. At underage level, you have to get involved in some capacity. Help out, cook the burger on the barbecue, put on the football boots and get involved. Get to know some other people in the school, the parents association. You have to get involved in it and yeah. um, and it doesn't have to be involved as a commitment. Every week, every month, hours upon hours upon hours. Don't wait for it. Don't stand day. back and say, why are they doing it this way? Yeah. Well, the they doing it this way is because you're too lazy to get involved. And if you want to get involved, get involved and share your limitations of what you can't do. Yeah. And if you can be involved in whatever capacity, and as I said, I'm not belittling the, the, the guys or the girls that flip the burgers. Oh, I know. But that's what it's about. Yeah. And, and you do that and you give back in that little way sure. you'll get more back then and the community itself will get a yeah. sense of connection and people will get to know each other better.
1: and you just joined the Greystones as a coach have you? yeah, well, yeah. so mm-hmm. God
0: love the poor academy. Well, team
1: no, like I can tell you it took me uh, yeah. 12 years to get out of it so good luck with that <laughs> um, it's a great thing to do and, mean, it. it's, and it's well worth doing it's well worth doing I, just I love it and, and you know
0: you talk about what, what children will do for you or what young brains and young minds will do for you Go down on a Saturday morning at 9 o'clock and, and tell the kids to keep the ball around and have fun and call around the comms. That'll take away any of your worries or concerns from that weekend, family. Um,
1: and now, as you know, I always ask everybody my last question, which is your mm-hmm. words of wisdom, your little one quote. Something gets you up in the morning.
0: God, I should have actually thought of this. Um, the one thing that gets me up in the morning... Um, be the best, well, probably the be the best version of yourself in, in everything you do. Um, yeah. And don't be unauthentic to try and strive for an achievement or an accolade because you're not going to be remembered for that. Be the best version of you. and um, Your new normal, maybe, whatever that may become, you'll adapt to it and give your best version to what that change has, has brought for you. Um because that's definitely the price that has stuck with me and China, and how we've evolved and coped as a couple of a young couple as young parents dealing with change in their life. So be the best version of yourself through whatever you're Be warm off, maybe come. You don't know what that may be.
1: Yeah. Very good. So the last cut song you have is Coldplay with the Chainsmokers Something mm. just like this. Yeah. what that song?
0: Just Something just like this, it's its again driving into Taito Park with the kids and, <laughs> and the song came on and, and that's why that song was picked. Now reason, it reminds me of just going in and something just like this, you know, the talks about superheroes, the, the lyrics of you know, Batman with his fist and Spider-Man's power and control, you know, superheroes, dreams, something just like this could be anything you want it to be. Um, and that song reminds me of just... Maybe it's bringing me back to the Lionel Richie song from previous of driving with the windows down in France with my family and how you're sort of replicating that with your own kids, creating new memories and, you know, just enjoying being with each other. That's why that song's there.
1: Well, that's brilliant. Keith McCabe, thanks for your time. Been reading books of old, the legends and the myths Achilles and his gold, Achilles and his gifts, Spider Man's control, and Batman with his fist. And clearly, I don't see myself upon that list. But she
0: said, Where'd you wanna go? How much you wanna risk?
1: If you had got this far in the podcast, I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please share and leave a review on iTunes. It's much appreciated.